Hi, welcome back to NBA with Dalton. Thank you for joining me on episode four. Today we have quite a bit to talk about with the Portland Trailblazers and who they could build around with Lillard, um, who they have a chance at this offseason. We're going to look at the 2022 mock draft for the NBA, potential fits with picks. Then we're going to dive into some personal opinion here with my NBA top 10 of all time and then matchups for tonight and Monday, March 20th and 21st. So, let's go ahead and dive into the Portland Trailblazers here. Obviously, Damian Lillard missing most of the year with injury. Uh, did he even play a game? I think he played, like, a little bit. Um, I'm trying to pull up. He played 29 games, and he averaged 24 points. He's still the team all-time leader, or still the team season leader in point averages, even though he is not there anymore. Josh Hart just acquired, and Josh Hart's averaging 19 points per game. Wow, that's crazy. He's been a big step up for this team. I think he had, like, what, 44 the other night or something like that? Something crazy, something I wouldn't expect Josh Hart to have. Norman Powell averaging about 18.7, but he's gone now. He's on the Clippers. Um, don't really agree with that trade too much. Anthony Simons having a pretty good year, 17 points. I think they'd be dumb not to keep him for the two-guard next to Dame. Obviously, I think they will. But just saying, they've been moving a lot of pieces, and he's a young piece that has quite a bit of trade potential. Um, looking at this, Noah Nurkic is a free agent in the offseason. I could see them trying to move Nurkic, who is averaging 15 and 11 right now. Uh, I mean, I could see them trying to move Nurkic. Um, we're going to go ahead and look at the free agent tracker. Knowing Nurkic is a free agent, I feel like at the same time if they wanted to trade him, they would have traded him this season. But they could do a sign-and-trade if both parties are willing for that. Um, looking at the center position in the upcoming free agency, um, man, you got about you got Serge Ibaka, you've got Montrez Harrell, you've got Thomas Bryant who's unrestricted. Uh, I think that's a really under the radar signing for somebody, and I honestly could see Dame and Thomas Bryant working out. Um, Zubach, uh, but he oh, he's on a team option. Never mind. Uh, Mo Bamba, he's restricted, but I could see something happening there with the Magic letting him go. JaVale McGee, Robin Lopez. But I really feel like, honestly, what the Portland Trailblazers need is a defensive center. Looking at Nurkic's defensive stats, he's definitely about .6 blocks, but he's averaging a still a game. That's not too bad. Um, averaging about 3.4 fouls per game, too. That's a little high. Um, I mean, not much to say. I mean, it really just depends how they feel about Nurkic fitting alongside Dame. I could see them maybe looking for more of a little bit of a pick-and-roll center to run the pick-and-roll with Dame. Or maybe even a pick-and-pop player. I could see them trying to fit alongside Dame. Um, but looking at that, I mean, who here in the open market could they get to try to build around Dame? Um, Gary Harris, maybe. Um, 
which, I mean, I don't think Gary Harris is really playing anyways, so maybe not. I'm just kind of looking at some cheaper options here. But, I mean, looking star-wise, maybe I think they freed up quite a bit of money going after, like, a Zach Levine to put alongside Dame. You could play him at the three, leave Anthony Simons at the two, um, or going even after Bradley Bill alongside Dame, I think could really work out if Bradley Bill declines his player option. Um, going after, oh, TJ Warren, maybe. I don't think that would be a bad pickup. I think that's a, I think that's an under-the-radar pickup as well. You know, TJ Warren went off in the bubble. A lot of people went off in the bubble, though, I guess. But um, he's been doing with the in- injuries ever since then. But maybe I don't like how they got rid of Rocco. Um, hmm. Looking here, maybe Kyle Anderson, a little bit of a do-it-all guy. Or um, I heard Marvin Bagley's may even try to get out of Detroit. He's restricted, though, so it's really up to Detroit if he does get out of there or not. So we will see about that. And, um, hmm, who else could they try to secure? Bobby Portis? I think Bobby Portis is a big, big, big free agent this year, as I talked about in the last episode. Really not underrated, and he's gotten a lot of credit for their playoff run last year, which won them a championship. I mean, Mans is averaging about 15 points, and he's shooting 41% from three as a center. Not many centers are out here shooting 41. They're shooting in the 30s, and we're like, whoa, that's pretty good. But Bobby Portis is beyond good, and I think that would be a good pickup for the Blazers if Bobby Portis does end up leaving the Bucks. But I really see Bobby Portis re-signing there. But if he wants a little bit more money than they can afford, hey, he may walk. That could be a very good pickup for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, sorry, I'm having to scroll down here. Um, man, I mean, I don't know. Are you wanting to get some more? I don't feel like you need more veteran presence there on that team unless you wanted to get try to get someone like Victor Oladipo. Um, I don't think that'd be that bad, though. Definitely need Bobo, restricted free agent. Has <laughs> um, Reed, if his team option didn't get pick, doesn't get picked up, I could definitely see that being a big pickup for the Portland Trailblazers as well. Another big man who can shoot the ball. But he's very well, very good at defense as well. Man. See, and so here's something I'm going to do with uh, this week. is I'm going to go over some teams that are rebuilding and what they could do with this offseason to kind of fit pieces around their team. So I believe tomorrow I'll do the Pacers. And then Tuesday I could do the Pistons because the Pistons could – potentially have a big off season. I think there's some guys they need to get rid of. New York or do New York. I'm going to do the whole week at the start of each episode. So like yesterday I did the Thunder. I feel like I did a team the day before that maybe. Uh, maybe I just talked about a team and was like, well, maybe if they did this this off season. Um, 
Oh, I was talking about the Mavericks the other day, but I didn't say too much. So, I mean, so yes, uh, I meant to mention that at the beginning of the episode, but that is what I am going to start doing is I am going to start every episode by starting, all right, well, here's what this team could do for the offseason. So today was Portland, yesterday was OKC. So if you have any suggestions for teams, uh, just comment it anywhere. I'll see it. Um, anyway, so let's get back into this. Um, really slow here, but I mean, looking in the NBA, looking at big men that they could end up trading for if they did a sign and trade with Nurkic, because I just I feel like I am I'm not feeling the. Um, match of Lillard and Nurkic anymore. We've seen it. Nurkic is still a decently young player, I believe. Like in his I believe he's probably about twenty seven, twenty eight. Well I'm gonna find out real quick. It says he's twenty seven and a half. So I was not wrong. Um so Looking at some of the top centers in the league right here, because, I mean, putting Dame alongside, I feel more of a... See, they have Nurkic number 10 on here, but I would definitely throw Jonas Valanciunas. I don't know about Christian Wood. Jared Allen's definitely over use of Nurkic. Um, Mitchell Robinson, I believe, is probably over him. Maybe not numbers-wise, but I think impact-wise... I just feel like Nurkic does not impact a team very well. I could be wrong, but that's just my personal opinion here. Even putting someone like Steven Adams alongside Lillard, I think would work because you've got a good screen-setting big man. And, you know, I know Dame can create his own shot, but it helps also having a center who is just versatile in that pick and roll who can go up set a screen for you get you an open shot or it can be open on that roll not every center is really good at that pick and roll spot you know so we're gonna go ahead and get into our next topic here um you heard what i had to say about who they could put alongside him i really think they need to put a center a star center alongside him not very many big centers available in the free agency this year but I believe they could get it done with a sign and trade and putting the right pieces together. So, we're going to get into the 2022 mock draft, the most recent one. Um, I'm going to try to find a credible source here. Hopefully, I can find one. Not all these have dates on them, but when they were posted. Here's 2022 mock draft 5.0, and this is from NBC Sports. I think I trust them a little bit. If I can find a date it was posted. This is from February 24th standings. So we're sitting about a month out from that. Um, okay. We're trying to... It's loading a little slow. I'm sorry. Uh... All right, you know what? We're going to go with it. Rockets at number one taking Jambari Smith Jr. Wow. 
That's a big one. That's a big step back saying Jabari from Auburn over Chet from Gonzaga. Mm, that's a tough one. But I don't think – I think the Rockets would take Chet over Jabari Smith Jr. I really do because then you can play Christian Wood at the four, move, keep Chet at the five. Jabari Smith, I mean, he's 6'10". You could play him at the center too. Um, but I think they would go for more of the center having the first pick. But I would agree that the number one pick comes down to who plays better in the tournament. Chet last night had nine points, fouled out against... Who'd they play last night? Memphis. Right. So, I really see Jabari going second or third. Jaden Ivey from Purdue, we're going to see him play tonight. They're playing Texas, Hook'em Horns. His comparison is D-Wade, his ceiling, and Josh Richardson, his floor. Josh Richardson's not a bad NBA player, almost an MVP. <laughs> um, but that is who they have going number three to the Pistons. Can't really argue it. I think they could use a two or three guard. Jay Nivey sitting at 6'4". Very good for either position. Also, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw their uh, picks in here, I guess. And for... Hmm. I'm kind of confused here. Oh, no, I'm not. I understand. Um, so for Jaron Jackson's comparison, it's actually um, Jaron Jackson Jr. or Rashard Lewis. Hey, that don't sound too bad to me, having another Jaron Jackson in the league. And I think the Rockets could use the Jaron Jackson or the Magic. But I don't see Jabari falling out of the top two, and I believe those are the teams that will have the top two teams. Here at number four, it has Shannon Sharp, who is going, says going to the Thunder, sitting about 6'6 from Kentucky, and his comparison is Brandon Roy. I do believe I would be okay with that, but as I mentioned with the Thunder yesterday as well, I believe we have too many guards, but... Fords, I would be okay with taking him. Sitting at about six six, he could be a Ford, and but I do believe we have too many guards right now. So if we do take a point guard in the first round, in the first lottery, I don't know what I'm saying. First lottery. If we take a point guard in the lottery, though, that's what I'm trying to get at. I will be very upset. Here's another pick I wouldn't be too mad with for the Thunder is Paulo Banchero, sitting at about six ten. He's a power forward. You know, I his uh, comparison being Chris Webber, floor Blake Griffin. Don't think that's too bad there either from Duke. Um, you know, sitting at about six ten, two fifty. I could, I would really love that accusation, but the Thunder as well. But accusation from the Thunder by the Thunder. I was trying. I worded that a little wrong, <laughs> but I, I would love that pickup by the Thunder if they did pick up Balo. Paulo Benchero, and I'm only going through the lottery right now. Adrian Griffin Jr. going number six to the Kings from Duke. Small forward 6'6". Six, six. His comparison is Jimmy Butler. Um, I mean, 
It says he's been shooting good, but if you got a comparison to Jimmy Butler, it means you're really aggressive on that defensive end, too. I have not watched much of Adrian Griffin Jr., but the Kings need a spark, and I think picking someone at this small forward or shooting guard spot is really where they need to be focused at. They've got their center-slash-power forward in DeMontis Sabonis. You've got your point guard in De'Aaron Fox, and, you know, if you pick up Adrian Griffin and you play him at the shooting guard at 6'6", you can play... 6'4", Dante DiVincenzo at the small forward, but I think you'd do it the other way around. Play Mr. Adrian Griffin Jr. at the small forward and play DiVincenzo at the shooting guard. And then um, at the four, I guess you could play Harrison Barnes there, but I believe they will be going after someone different. Actually, that is who I am doing tomorrow, and I'm going to write it down in my notes right now for podcast episode number five. We are going to be talking about... um, Why'd I just go blank? We will be talking about the Kings offseason and who they need to acquire, in my opinion, because I think it's about time that you um I believe it's about time for the Kings to start trying to contend because you should not be a rebuilding team anymore. My personal opinion. So looking at this here. Oh, and by the way, I know, very off-subject real quick. I am in the echoey room again. I understand there may be quite a bit of background noise, but that is only today. I know I said today I would be back in a less echoey room, but that will be tomorrow. I am very sorry. Just work with me here. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. It didn't really sound too bad yesterday for episode three, so... Episode 5 will be more clean, and tomorrow we are talking about the Kings and their offseason. Anyways, getting back to the mock draft here, at number 7, Keegan Murray, and his f- comparisons are Obi Toppin and Pascal Siakam. Ooh, for the Spurs, picking up another power forward, I do agree with. They really need another big man. Greg Popovich, I believe, is one of the best big men um, developers as a coach, I also wouldn't be mad at them picking up Jalen Duran. Just saying. But they have Jalen Duran going actually to who we talked about earlier, the Portland Trailblazers, which I would not disagree with. You're getting a big 0 250 center. His comparison is Dwight Howard. And oh my gosh, if we're talking about a prime magic Dwight Howard, oh Boy, could that be big. I watched him play last night. Gonzaga did not have a good game. Went like two for seven. Had four fouls. So they didn't even really get to play him much in the second. But if you're going to prime Dwight Howard, magic Dwight Howard, oh my gosh, if Jalen Dern is like that, great fit beside Lillard. Trust me on that. And he is younger than Chet by 18 months. Wow. Young boy. Oh, and then the Blazers also have the Pelicans pick. I forgot about that. So they have a chance at two lottery picks. Man, I should have talked about this earlier, but glad we're talking about it now. Blazers from the Pelicans. Johnny Davis, a shooting guard who is 6'5". And it's saying he should come off between numbers pick number 6 and pick number 12 and might not be a superstar level, but his comparison is Manu Ginobili. And who cares? Manu Ginobili is one of the best contributors to one of the best teams 
that we've ever seen, or dynasties, I guess we could say, with uh, the Spurs and Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Yeah, anyways, so Johnny Davis sounds like a really good pick here. Shooting guard, 6'5". You could move him to the three if you're going to play Anthony Simons at the two, or he could even come off your bench, it sounds like, if he's getting compared to Manu Ginobili, who was a great six-man for a long time. Coming here at number 10, we got Ty Ty Washington, a point guard out of, out of Kentucky who is sitting 6'3", 180. Uh, slowed by a leg injury, but his ceiling is De'Aaron Williams. His floor is Brandon Knight, who really fell off there, but De'Ron Williams is not a bad comparison whatsoever. Trust me on that. That could be big for this guy, especially for the Knicks who are searching for a point guard still. Especially with a um, injured Derrick Rose, number eleven Grizzlies from Grizzlies pick from the Lakers. Lakers could really use that bad boy. Benedict Mathurin, shooting guard from Arizona, who went like thirty and three this year, thirty one and three. He's six seven one ninety seven shooting guard, big time athlete and shot maker. That is great. Look, I could see the Grizzlies getting down with another athletic guy, but that could also crowd the paint. So I don't know how I feel about them getting someone who's not. A, I mean, the Grizzlies are already built great, in my opinion. So I can't really say too much about this team needing to change much this offseason. I don't see them changing much this offseason. They have a great young team who is winning games. Um, and finishing off the lottery here. Not finishing it off, but Maliki Brenham, shooting guard from Ohio State, 6'5", sitting at about 180. Another athletic player who's really great on both ends. And his comparison is Calbert Cheney. Number 13, the Hornets, having Dyson Daniels, shooting guard, who is playing for the G League Ignite. Big. That's big. Um, 6'6". And he has... I mean... Like a Swiss Army knife. Karan Butler is his comparison with Dylan Brooks as well. Sounds like he could be a great catch-and-shoot guy for you. Like Dylan Brooks. Um, and, you know, another thing about those guys coming from the G League Ignite, you know, getting the chance straight out of high school to go G League, they're getting more experience for with professional basketball players, in my opinion, which is very great. I could see this guy slipping into the top ten maybe just for having experience now. But uh, Terry Eason, LSU small forward, 6'8", weighing at about 215, athletic and versatile playmaker who can guard all over the court. Ooh, I love this comparison right here. OG Ananobi. Mm, what a great player OG Ananobi is. And just getting a comparison into this draft this year, I love it. I love seeing it. That could be big for the Atlanta Hawks who really need some defense on their team, let me tell you. Mm. But I do agree, this is the guy they should take. And then here's our Clippers pick for the Thunder. Talking about us getting a power forward from Baylor, Mr. Jeremy Sokan. Um, who is compared compared to Chuma Okiki, who is a young player. So I don't really know how to take that. Um, he's sitting at about 6'9", 230. I think that is great. And then the rest is history. I am going to mention some guys real quick. I could see slipping into the lottery. Nikola Jovic um, from Serbia. 
just like Nikola Jokic. I'm just kidding. Uh, but he actually is a 6'10 point forward who can score inside and out and excels at passing the rock. Sounds like Nikola Jokic. His comparisons are Billy Owens and Tom Chambers, two really kind of older players. Uh, I could see um, Jaden Hardy slipping into the top 10, who is playing for the G League Ignite as well. Talented shot maker. Um, he has struggled, though, in the G League, of course. He is an athlete. But, I mean, he's not, like, athletic, athletic, but he's an athlete, you know. Um, 6'5", 185, Anthony Simons is his comparison. But those are about all I can really see slipping into the top 10. Actually, Kendall Brown as well from Baylor, 6'6", 205. I could see him who he can play both ends of the floor very well. So I could see him slipping into the top 10 as well. And I really hope he does. You know, there's a couple guys in the top, or I meant top 15, not top 10, sorry. There's a couple guys in the top 15 I could see falling out of there really easily. So here comes the part that I'm excited for is getting to tell y'all a little bit about me, in which you can already just kind of get a guess of what kind of NBA fan I am after I tell you my top 10 of all time. I don't have it wrote down here. Um, but now I do. Okay, I have my list right here. So, coming in on my number one list, I do have LeBron James as my number one NBA player of all time. And why, I guess I have to be a little defensive about why I have LeBron at number one. LeBron. The first player to ever do 10K points, 10K rebounds, 10K assists. LeBron is LeBron. Mike's Mike, of course. Going to be an argument forever about who's better. But LeBron, um, he's a little better. I promise you. Um, Le- Jordan's more winning. Jordan's more clutch. But I just think LeBron, accolade-wise, better. I guess Jordan has more championships and stuff, too, but... Michael Jordan, of course, number two, and I don't have to argue about that. Besides, he's just my number two. Kareem is my number three. Um, you know, just all-time leading scorer. Um, you know, he's a champion. I actually don't know how many champ how many championships he has. Uh, he's played for twenty seasons. You know, or he played for twenty seasons, and he put up a lot of numbers that a lot of us didn't see before. Number five, or uh, sorry, I'm on number four. Number four is Wilt Chamberlain for me. And a lot of people are like, whoa, I never hear Wilt Chamberlain coming up in people's top ten. Wilt Chamberlain holds so many records in the record books. And you can say all you want about, oh, he played all these small people. You know, he was so big compared to these people. Well, guess what? They still counted. Those stats still counted. So he is my number four. And at number five, I do have Bill Russell, the most winning player ever to play in the NBA, who won 11 championships, won the MVP five times. Oh, and Kareem, I just remember, he's won the MVP six times. That's right, because he's... So, Bill Russell played 13 NBA seasons. And he has 11 championships. Come on. I mean, 
come on. At number six, I have Magic Johnson. And I just think it's kind of hard to argue. He and his career ended a little bit early from the HIV diagnosis. But I think Magic Johnson at my number six fits right. Just uh, I think he's a five-time NBA champion. Uh, he's won the MVP three times. And... Just a very versatile winning player as well. Just an all-time great 6'9 point guard. True point guard at that. That's pretty cool. And then um, number seven, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson's rival. Um, why this is, he's also just kind of a winning player. I don't really know how to defend all my takes because I just know what a player did and how they got to where they were at. And I guess sometimes I go back and forth with myself for this number seven and number eight spot. Shaquille O'Neal is my number eight, but I feel like they're kind of tied for my number seven in a way. So I would say you can switch out either of those players because at times I feel like I go back and forth with myself saying O'Neal is a better player. He is one of the most dominant players to ever play the game. One of the biggest players we've ever seen play the game as well. And Shaq, just from his rookie year, he was a force. Slowed down really as he's got older, but that's like most players, especially at his size. But that being said, number t- nine, Kobe Bryant. And I can't talk about how they have Kobe Bryant on the top 75 list. Or they have Kobe Bryant under Tim Duncan. Kobe isn't always in my top 10. I feel like I reformed my top 10 quite a bit. But. Kobe, I think, just deserves a little bit more of the respect. He's not a top-five player, for sure, if I'm being honest. He's just not a top-five player. Uh, five five championships, and, you know, we just saw that Mamba mentality, that work he put, the work he put in, the amount of dedication and love he had towards the game just made him a superstar player. And at number 10, I do have Tim Duncan. Um, I believe he has five rings as well. And Tim Duncan is just one of the best power forwards we've ever seen. And um, Tim Duncan, I kind of want to pull up Tim Duncan stats. But I really don't have to because there's not much you have to say about Tim Duncan. He came in young, played with the Admiral. The Twin Towers actually were what they were called in the paint. Tim Duncan at the power forward. The Admiral at center. I watched Tim Duncan's last game because it was game six of the semifinals in 2016 against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I was there when they did get beat in game six for the Thunder to advance to later blow a 3-1 lead to the Warriors. Still upset about that to this day, but anyways, that is my top ten. Tell me what you think. I want to hear y'all's top tens as well. I know I didn't really argue why too much, but I feel like people don't even care about your argument. They either agree with it or they disagree with it, and they don't. They just run with it. So, 
That being said, we're going to cap off the night, or we're going to cap off the episode with NBA matchups for today and tomorrow, March 20th and March 21st. Just uh, to get it going, there's already games going on right now. We've got, uh, okay, hold on, I'm sorry. Portland and the Pacers already played today. Pacers came out on top 129-98. to 98. Grizzlies and the Rockets played today. The Grizzlies won 122-98. to 98. The Thunder and Magic are playing right now. I believe the Thunder will probably come out with this game, hopefully. The Suns and the Kings are already playing right now. I think the Suns kind of run away with this game. Pelicans and the Hawks play tonight. The Hawks take a dub. Um, Jazz and the Knicks... If the Jazz don't win this game, something's wrong. Celtics, Celtics and the Nuggets, one of the biggest matchups tonight. And I guarantee you this game is going to go down to the wire. I'm hoping to watch the Celtics pull out with the W. But I kind of think Jokic might be taking a little bit of advantage of this young Celtics team. We'll see. Raptors 76ers. I see Joel Embiid dominating, going for 30-plus again tonight. And Spurs and Warriors. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a great matchup. No Curry, so... I see maybe the Spurs slipping by, winning by five. Tomorrow, we do have Trailblazers versus Pistons. I do see. It depends who the Pistons have because Jeremy Grant and Cade were out the other night both. So, I mean, uh, if Cade and Jeremy are playing, then I got the Pistons. If not, then Trailblazers. Lakers versus Cavs. I've got the Cavs winning by 10-plus. Hornets versus Pelicans. Uh, I see the Hornets coming out on top. Squeaking by the Pelicans, though. Um, Heat versus 76ers, two top-seeded matchups in the East. I see the 76ers barely pulling away from this Heat team. Um, I see Joel Embiid just kind of dominating Adebayo a little bit, taking that size advantage he has on him. Nets versus Jazz. Um, Where is this game being played at before I... uh, It's at Brooklyn. I see the Jazz coming out by about uh, just a little bit. Maybe by... Four or five. Um, Raptors versus Bulls. Uh, I see the Bulls coming out on top. DeRozan having a 30-plus game. Wizards versus Rockets. Wizards going to come out on top. Celtics versus Thunder. Celtics going to win by 10-plus. Timberwolves versus Mavericks. Another great matchup. And I really bet we see the Timberwolves take a W. So that is all for this episode. Longer than usual, but I had fun talking today. You just got a little bit of my opinion on things. Getting to know me as a basketball fan better with my top 10. Getting to hear the mock draft um, and hear me talk about it a little bit. feel like I kind of rambled more than on my top 10 than gave defenses. But I just don't know how to argue my top 10 very well besides they're just there because they're there. Uh, but, um, you know... I uh, just want to thank y'all for y'all's early support. Uh, I can't wait to continue to grow together. Um, I've had a lot of fun already through four podcasts, and I don't see me stopping anytime soon because I am enjoying this a lot. I love talking about basketball. I talk about it every day. I talk about it 24-7, and a podcast just gives me a way to get it out to the world and for y'all to listen to. And, you know, I love to hear y'all's takes too, so leaving them down in the comments, I 
definitely would not be opposed to. I would love to hear y'all's takes. I would love to hear y'all's opinions on mine. Even if you're criticizing me, it's okay. I can take it, and I will even be happy to debate with you or see where you're coming from with your take because I love seeing what everybody has to say. And um, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for joining me along for this ride. And um, I want to hear y'all's top tens. So... As I always say, if you have any suggestions, comment them down below any way I can improve or what you want me to talk about. And if you have any um, suggestions about how I should do, um, how I start off, how I said I'm going to start off each episode talking about a team and what they should do in the offseason, if you have any suggestions for that or any teams you want me to do in specific for the next episode, let me know and I will do it. I believe I will start with the Kings tomorrow, but I'm not very sure yet. Um, but I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you all enjoyed. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening.